Good morning, church. It's great to be here with you again this morning. There is so much happening in our community at the moment. And it is a real privilege for me to be standing up here today as we really have the culmination of our Sabbath experience spent here with our community. It's great to be able to be here to worship with you today. And I'm looking forward to opening up the Word and understanding the message for today. The title of our topic is Five Things That Every Christian Ought to Know. Five things that every Christian ought to know, and I have to be honest with you, one of the presuppositions for the message this morning is that you are already at the place where you understand that you cannot do it on your own. You have come to the place in your life, in your experience, in your journey, where you can understand that you cannot live on your own, that you need help that you need the help of a higher power and a God that is longing to help you. And so that is is assumed this morning. And so I just wanted to make that clear as we get into our topic for today. We are going to be going to John chapter 17 and verse 3. And I invite you to turn with me to John chapter 17 and verse 3. We are talking this morning about five things that every Christian ought to know. Five things that every Christian ought to know, and we are going to be beginning the journey in John chapter 17 and verse 3. As a pastor here in the local church, I deal with people on all ends of the spectrum. And I'm not talking about the spectrum that we commonly refer to. I'm talking about the spectrum of those that don't know anything about God. And those who are having, experiencing a deep connection with God. And so the message today is really coming from that place. That place of understanding people on the journey. And really it comes from a heart that is longing for all of us to experience a deeper connection with God. We are going to begin this morning in John chapter 17 and verse 3. And before we do, I just invite you to bow your heads for one more word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we are totally dependent on you for everything. Father, we pray that even now as we listen, that you would bring understanding that you would bring guidance, that you would teach us, Father, what you would have us learn today. Father, as we read from your word, we pray that your spirit would quicken our thoughts. I pray for myself, Father, that I would not be seen, but that your spirit would speak through me. That everyone here would say that they have received a message, not from Joel, but from your spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 17 and verse 3 says, And this is eternal life. The Bible says that this is eternal life. Jesus, when he was here, speaking with John's listening, says, And this is eternal life, that they may know you. That they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus says that this is what it means to experience eternal life, to know Him, to know you being God. 
And so today we are going to be talking very seriously about what it means to know God. We see a definition from, um, from the dictionary gives us the, these three options of what it means to know. To be aware of through observation, inquiry, or information. To be aware of is the first option. The second is to be absolutely sure of. This is speaking about what it means to know. The Bible says that eternal life means to know God. Eternal life is to know God. So what does it mean to know? Well, the the dictionary tells us that know can mean to be aware of through observation, to be absolutely sure of. The other option that the dictionary gives us for what this term know means is to have a personal experience with. To have a personal experience with. And this is really the essence of Christianity. This is the essence of life as a follower of Jesus is to know Jesus. Is to have a personal experience with Jesus. And so as we go on a journey today, we are going to be understanding that there are five things that come as a result of having this personal connection with God. Another presupposition that we must add is that we can have a relationship with God, that God is a personal God who wants to draw near to us. God, our Creator, actually wants to relate to us. Let's go to John chapter 10, and we are going to see the first thing that a Christian ought to know in John chapter 10. John chapter 10 and verses 1 through 5. John chapter 10 verses 1 through 5. Our community is going on a journey of discovery. There are many of us who last week put up our hands. We stood up and we said that we want to spend an hour in the Word and in prayer every single day. And many of us have been doing that for a week and it's been amazing to go around and spend time with people as they share the difference that it's making in their life. And I really um, want to add to that, that it's making a difference in my life. The things that we're talking about today haven't just made a difference in someone else's life. This is an experience that I am currently having And I'm looking forward to being able to share this with you today. John chapter 10 and verses 1 through 5 says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. We as human beings are compared to sheep here. And the comparison is that we are following But we will only follow when we understand His voice. When we hear His voice, we will follow. But when we do not understand the voice, we cannot follow 
because we do not perceive it, we do not understand. And so the first thing that a Christian ought to know is his voice. We are to know his voice. We see here very clearly in John chapter 10 that we must know the voice of God, that we are to hear his voice and follow his voice. I had an experience a couple of years ago being in the breakdown of a relationship that threw me into an emotional tornado. I was totally shattered. My sense of self, my identity was torn apart. It was through that experience that I was challenged to the very core. My ability to relate to God was challenged. My ability to be in a connection with my Father was challenged. I struggled to be able to relate to a God of love because I did not feel as though I could be loved. I did not feel as though I ought to be loved. The things that I was hearing, the things that I was telling myself was that I was not good enough to be loved. The things that I was telling myself in my innermost was that I can't be loved. There's something wrong. God, a loving God, is speaking to each one of us telling us that we are loved. But through circumstance, we struggle to perceive His voice. We struggle to hear the voice of God through the things that take place in our lives. That was a journey that took me over to South America, to the wilderness there in Patagonia. And it was there that I was able to experience the love of God again. I had to remove myself from my surroundings. I had to take myself out of my current circumstances. And I had to go away. I had to be by myself. Going through a breakup, you're challenged. As I said, I described the experience as an emotional tornado. And what that forces you to do is listen to the voice of so many others. And so I was in a position where I was constantly hearing what other people thought, that it drowned out my own ability to distinguish my thoughts. I struggled to know what I was thinking. I struggled to know what my heavenly father was speaking into my life. And so I had to go. So I went out to the wilderness and I, and I began walking and walking and walking there in the stillness. I was able to once again perceive that still, small voice. I was able to once again hear what God was speaking to me. So many of us are sitting here today, and we've been through similar experiences. We've, we've had circumstances come into our life that have caused us to question God, that have caused us to question what He says to us. If I was in that moment, if you had come to me two years ago and said, Joel, does God love you? I would have said yes. But did I really experience that? Was I experiencing the fact that God can love me? No. And so many of us have had that experience. So many of us are in that place today. And I really want to challenge you to take some time out, 
to be able to hear and understand the voice of God. God is speaking to each one of us. The challenge is for so many Christians is that we have spent time before. Many of us have taken up the challenge, even like the David North challenge. I myself, uh, years ago, around eight or nine years ago, was spending an hour a day in the Word, and I was getting so much out of it. But for so many others at that time, they were spending that time and not actually getting anything out of it, feeling like God wasn't able to speak to them. And so they gave up. The point is that so many of us feel like we're seeking God, feel like we're putting ourselves in a position where we can hear the voice of God and we're not having the results that we are seeking after. The challenge for you today is take yourself out of this situation. Take yourself out of your current circumstances. Do something different. Do something different so that you too can experience God's voice, so that you too can hear what God is looking to say to you. Each of the five points that we are going through today is also going to have attached something that we can be praying for. And the thing that we can be praying for is that we would be in a position to be able to hear the voice of God in our life. We have a heavenly Father that is longing to speak to us, longing to communicate to each one of us. The question is, are we able to hear Him? Are we able to hear His voice? Are we able to recognize when He speaks to us? The prayer today, the prayer for each one of us over the next month, is that we would be able to perceive what God is speaking to each one of us. We are going to go to our second point today, which is to know your calling, to know your calling. I was recently over in New Zealand uh, running a a series of archaeology seminars, looking at how archaeology backs up the Bible, Uh, looking at some of the ancient discoveries that validate the the names and places in Scripture. And, And so... As I was running this seminar, I remember the first week driving down to a little place called Papakura there in the south of Auckland. And as I was driving along, I felt like my time in New Zealand was distracting me from the work that was to be done here at Kingscliff. So much has been happening here. This is a very fast-paced church. And I felt like that time over in New Zealand was pulling me away from what God was doing here. But as I was struggling with this, as I was questioning why I was there in New Zealand, I realized that God's call on my life is to present the gospel. God's call on my life is to go and call people to experience a deeper connection with Him. And how could an experience, how could an experience like that, an opportunity where I'm having a direct Um, opportunity to be able to present the gospel, how can that take me away from what God has called me to do? God gave me a deep sense there in the vehicle that that was my calling. And one thing that really struck me was the busyness here, the life that I live here, can sometimes, even in ministry, be a, a distraction from what God is calling me to do. Busyness can be a distraction from what God is calling each one of us to do. Many of us are sitting here thinking about work, thinking about the emails that we didn't get to respond to through the week, thinking about all the things that are going to be happening this week. 
We've got appointments. We've got things that we've missed. We've got things that we need to do. But God is calling us, each one of us, to experience a deeper connection with Him. And the things that we do can get in the way of that. Even good things that we do can get in the way of what God is saying to each one of us, the specific call that He has placed on our life. We are to know what God has put us here on this earth for. God created us with intentionality. He put us here for a reason, and we are to know what that is. And we can't let even busyness distract us from what God is calling us to, the higher calling that He has placed on our lives. One of the things that we need to be praying for this month is that God would confirm His calling on our life. That God would confirm why He has placed us here in this church. Why He has placed us here in this community. And that's really where these service projects come out of. Is an understanding that God has put us here in Kingscliff for a particular purpose, for a particular reason. And we are to live out that calling. And so we have sat together, we have wrestled together. What is it that God is calling us to do? And that is how we have those service catalogs before us. And so I really want to encourage you to get involved in those service projects, for look for op- to look for opportunities of how you can be engaged in what God is doing here in this community. Pray for that. Make it a point of prayer. Don't be willing to move forward until you have confirmation of what God has brought you here for. Don't just get caught up in the busyness of life. Don't just go about life until you have that confirmation as to why God has put you here in this place. The third thing that we are to know as Christians, the third thing that comes about as a result of knowing and being in a deep personal connection with God is that we are to know what's important. We are to know what's important. We're going to go to the book of Philippians to see what Paul says here to the church in Philippi. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Philippians. And we are going to see in chapter 3 and verse 8 that we are to know what is important. The Bible says, Yet indeed... Paul says, yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. I count, Paul says, everything as loss compared to knowing Christ. He goes on to say, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. For Paul, the most important thing in his life was a knowledge of God, was a deep, intimate connection and experience with God. He didn't let anything else come in the way. He didn't let anything come in the way, not even a car, not that he had a car or had access to a car, not even a donkey, if you will, not even the nicest boat on the Mediterranean, not even the nicest tunic. Paul didn't allow anything to come in the way of his connection with God. And knowledge with God was the most important thing to Paul. And he even compared everything else 
as rubbish, as dung, he goes on to say. The point is that if this is not our sole purpose, if we allow other things, to other priorities to creep in the way, we will not experience this deep connection with God. We will not have an experience with God. So many of us today are coming off the back of weeks where God has not been our main priority. We have forgotten the reason why we were placed here on this earth and we are allowing other things to creep in. This is a reminder to each one of us that if we want a deeper connection with God, then we ought to know what is most important. We, like Paul, ought to be able to say that a relationship with God and knowledge of God is the most important thing in our life. The fourth thing here is knowing our limits. Let's go to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. These are things that are knowledge that comes out of an experience with God. And we are going to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and looking here at what Paul says is the fruit of his experience with God. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 9 and 10 says, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. This is the words of Christ. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. This is God speaking. My strength is made purpose in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul is saying that in my weakness, I am able to see God's strength. In my weakness, when I realize my limitations, I am able to see God come through for me. The fourth thing that we are to know as a Christian is our limitations. We are to know that there are certain things that we cannot do. We are to know that there are certain experiences that we cannot go through alone. And my prayer is that when we find ourselves in that situation, that we will turn to the God that loves us and that is looking to reveal His strength, even in our weakness. Paul goes on to say, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities. This isn't a man that is unaccustomed to pain. This isn't a man that has lived a life uh, in bubble wrap. This isn't a man that hasn't experienced what it means to be beaten, to be robbed, to be thrown out, to be rejected. You see, Paul's experience was one of hardship. And anyone who's remotely familiar with Scripture will understand that Paul lived a life that not many of us would put our hands up for. Are we, are we on the same page there, church? Not many of us would long for Paul's experience. And yet so many of us would long for the connection that he had with God. And that is a connection that could get him through any experience. A connection that, that would mean that he could say with absolute confidence, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Down in Newcastle, I was doing jiu-jitsu, learning the art of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And I have given that up now that I've been um, beaten by Jabel. 
Um, it's quite embarrassing to be beaten by someone that's a third of your body weight, especially in wrestling. You kind try and match up with someone that's a similar weight to yourself. And wrestling, Jabel, has really shown me that it's time to give up, that I never actually knew anything in the beginning. Um, and so I've kind of laid aside my gi and my white belt um, that I had there in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But one of the, one of the principles of Jiu-Jitsu is that you are trying to beat someone into submission that you are trying to get someone to submit, and so you learn all of these different moves. It's basically like chess with the human body, and you are trying to get your body in a position where you are able to either cut off their um, air supply, or you are able to get their arm or leg or some part of their body into a position that they cannot um, withstand, and then ultimately they tap or submit. You never walk away from a fight feeling like you're the man, when you've just had to tap, especially not when it's Jabel. No offense to you, Jabel, you're a great wrestler. But you never feel good about yourself, especially myself, for those who were here during the Rethink campaign, when I got thrown across the stage <laughs> and called a wuss, was it? Yeah, we should do it again. No. You never feel like the man when you've just had to tap. But Paul says that when he taps out, when he submits, that he is strong. Why is that? Because for Paul, his strength didn't come from himself. Paul's strength didn't come from his muscle, from his might, from his intellect. Paul's strength came from somewhere else, and that is Christ. And that is the exact same for us. We too can have that experience. Where in submission we can find strength. So many of us, even today, have been beaten down. So many of us have gone through experiences that have shown us that we aren't good enough. That we don't have what it takes. In those moments, it provides a platform. Weakness provides a platform for God to show His strength. And so I want to encourage you, church, that as Paul, as myself, as we endure hardship, as we go through trials, let us turn to God for strength. Let us submit, let us tap out and allow God to take over and show Himself to be strong in our lives. May we pray, this month especially, may it be our prayer that each one of us has an experience where we realize our weakness. May each one of us have an experience where we realize our limitations. And may we turn to God in those moments. Friends, we as a community have been brought to submission. But don't let that be the end of us, as so many others. Don't let that be the end of you. Let, let weakness... Be the platform for connecting with God. The fifth thing that we are going to be looking at today, the fifth thing that we are going to be looking at is to know what comes next out of a deep connection with God, out of an experience with Christ, comes a knowledge of what comes next. And praise God for that. Can we say that, church? Praise God that we as a Bible-believing community know where we are going. 
We, know, we may not know everything that is going to happen this year, next year, the year after, but we know ultimately where we are going. We know our destiny. And let that be something that brings us together and gives us strength. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 and see what Paul has to say. Sorry, Ephesians chapter 1 we are going to be looking at. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17. Paul had an experience with God that not many of us would put our hands up for. But in the midst of that, he had a connection that meant that he had assurance of where he was going. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17 and 18 says... And this is kind of picking up in the middle of Paul's thought here. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Paul here is praying. And in the midst of his prayer, he is praying that the Spirit would give us wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of Him being Christ. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Paul is praying for the believers there, that their eyes would be open to an understanding, being enlightened that he may know, uh, sorry, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Paul is saying, That knowledge brings hope. That knowledge of God, that a deep connection, a deep experience with God brings forth hope. And we have experienced that as a community, have we not? We have experienced what it means and are continuing to experience what it means to have hope that we know where we are going that we know our future and that we can have assurance of what God is doing in our life and what He will continue to do. If you don't have that assurance today, if you don't know where you are going, if you don't know what comes next, then I really want to challenge you to search for the answers. And truthfully, the Bible is the only place where you can find the answer. You can see the Bible's answer lived out in a community. But at the end of the day, you need to come back to the source. You need to experience it for yourself. And so I really want to challenge you. If you haven't got that experience, if you don't have that hope, if you don't have that assurance, come to the source. Come and spend time with God and let that, let that do something in your life. Let that bring about an assurance of salvation, and assurance of where you are going next, of what comes next in life. I would hate to go through life, just being honest with you now, I would hate to go through life not knowing the future. I would hate to go through life not knowing that Jesus is coming back to take me to be where He is. I can't imagine life, I can't imagine going through life without having that assurance. Because friends, let's be honest, when things get tough, that is the only thing that we have to cling to. The hope that this isn't it, that there is something more beyond. 
when we experience life here on this earth, when we experience the heartaches, the ebbs and flows, let that be an opportunity to see and to cling to God, to experience Him, that through our weakness, His strength may be revealed. And through experience, that we may grow in our understanding of who God is. I was over there in New Zealand at a petrol station on one of the last nights I was there in Auckland. I think it was Thursday night. And I was there looking at the faces of those around me. I was one of four at the petrol station that evening. People's faces were strained. People, could, you could see on their face that they were anxious. You could see on their face that they didn't have positive relationships at home, that they didn't have something good to go back to. You could see the strain, the depression, the anxiety that so many of us face. And I remember looking around the petrol station that evening, understanding that without a relationship with God, I can't have what Paul had. I can't have what Jesus is offering. I can't have what we are talking about today, which is a deep connection with our Heavenly Father that brings about peace and joy in our life. So many of us go through life on the verge of Christianity. We, we come to church We sit on the outskirts. No offense to those sitting around the back. But we don't really jump in. We don't really commit. We don't really understand what Christianity is all about. Let not that be said of us. Let's jump in. Let's do what it takes to experience God on a deeper level. Let's commit, as so many have this month, to spending an hour a day with God. And let's see the fruit of that in our life. Let's see how much better our lives can be. When we make God a priority, when we learn to listen to His voice, when we learn that in our weakness His strength is revealed, when we learn from Him the hope that comes next, Let's not put this off any longer. Let's not sit here today and miss the opportunity to take that next step with God. So many of us need to jump in. So many of us need a deeper walk with Jesus. And today we have the Spirit calling to each one of us. Today we have an opportunity to say, I would like a deeper connection with God. I would like to do whatever it takes. And over the last couple of weeks, I've had so many people coming and talking to me saying, what does it mean to have a relationship with God? How can I take that next step? And if that is you, I would, I would encourage you to come and talk to me after this service. Come and talk to Pastor Ashrick. Come and talk to those who have experienced what we are talking about today. Friends, we can have what Paul had. We can experience what Peter experienced in the book of Acts. We can have a deeper relationship with God. How much longer are we going to put it off? How much longer are we going to allow things to pass by, another year to go by? How much longer are we going to allow 
another fad to take place at church? How much longer are we going to allow these things to speak to us but not act on it? I really want to encourage you today that if you feel the need to take that next step in your journey, then do it. Commit to spending an hour with God. Commit to asking Him for these five things, which I've already forgotten. I'm going to read them again so you don't forget. And you can test me next week and see if I remembered. We are to know His voice. Having a connection with God brings about a knowledge of His voice. We are to know our calling. Having an experience with God produces a calling. We can have confidence in the call that God has brought us to. We are to know what is important. We are to know our weaknesses, our limitations. And we are to know what comes next. If you would like that experience then I want to encourage you to make a commitment to follow God, to spend time with Him, to allow Him to make changes in your life. Pray for the courage to be able to follow Him when He does speak. Pray for the courage to be able to do what He calls you to do, to give up what He calls you to give up. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, We pray that you would send your spirit upon this congregation now. And that the work that your spirit would perform would be a troubling work, Father. We pray that you would not give us rest until we experience a knowledge of God. We want to pray that you would not allow us to leave this place without committing to spending time with you. Father, we know that the troubles of this life are not going away. We know that the things that we are currently struggling with are not just going to go away on their own, Father. And so we commit to you now, asking that you would give us that which our hearts are searching for, Father. We want to pray that we today would recognize our need of you. And that, Father, in recognizing our need, that we would allow you to fill us, Father, is our prayer. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen.